the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to The Situation Report. This is the show where we give you the information that you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stallnecker. Glad to be with you today. And today we're going to deal with or dive into a topic that is um, often overlooked but extremely important. In our culture, in American culture, I won't speak for other cultures, but in American culture, there are a lot of things that we once believed that are now being questioned. Fundamental issues that we once held on to as being fundamental, in fact, we may not have questioned them, are now being undermined by popular thought and often without any real substance. One of the issues that we have always just held on to without much question in the past, one of those foundational pieces of American life, were the roles of men and women in our society. We did not question genders. We certainly did not believe there were more than two. And when we looked at men and women, we understood that each one had unique, complementary roles in our society and in our culture. As you know, I'm sure all of those things are now being questioned. In fact, the roles of men and the roles of women are certainly being undermined, flipped upside down, have become so confused that none of us know exactly what it is to be a man or to be a woman. Specific to our conversation today, when we consider the role of women in our culture and in our society, we have been taught, we have been told, (laughs) and anyone with a dissenting voice has been shouted down, We've been told that we must believe that all women, in order to be contributing members of this society, have to be liberal. They have to approach the world from a left position. They have to buy into all that culture and society is saying about them, and they need to, if they disagree, keep that to themselves. Thankfully, there are some who are standing up and speaking truth. I'll tell you, as a father of two daughters... I have four children. I do my best to help my boys know how to grow into men and become men. And and in so many ways, they're becoming great young men. But I worry about my daughters who are young women in a culture that doesn't value them and that would tell them to go away that is contrary to what I believe is right. I am so thankful for voices like that of our guest today who stand up and say, no, there is a right way. There is a way that adopts and adapts to and understands a standard other than the one culture is giving us, and that puts a higher value on doing what God, our Creator, wants us to do than doing what we or culture tells us we should do. Today we have Jillian Anderson with us. She is a communication specialist, an ambassador for Turning Point USA and the Freedom Center, both great organizations, a TV personality, former Redskins cheerleader, a former contestant on The Bachelor. Uh, I have not seen one episode, but uh, I'm told you are wonderful. (laughs) I've just never seen it, but I'm sure it was wonderful. I Um, I haven't watched the show in years, but didn't go wonderful, but it's fine. But it is part of your bio, and uh, not many people can say that. Um, 
So you have an incredible, very diverse background, a bio, and you are now working in a world that many who may look at a former Redskins cheerleader or contestant on The Bachelor, perhaps that would be confusing to them. Now you are representing um, clients like those who would come on a show like this one. You speak for Turning Point USA uh, and the Freedom Center. The loudest voices in our culture right now are telling us that if you are a woman, then you must be liberal. You need to view the world from a, a left perspective. Um, you have to be. There's no other option. And I think probably for you, given your background, there are folks who would be surprised that you're doing the work that you're doing. Uh, can you maybe give us a thumbnail of how you got here, how you got to doing the work that you're doing right now? I, I have some specific questions, but really interested in, in kind of your, your journey or your arc. Well, um, I guess when when I was a little younger, I, I was always into production. And so I found myself in college and I, I wanted to work in TV. So I started, um, I started studying telecommunications and I was always actively involved in my local GOP just because my parents were, my grandparents were. And I started, I decided to double major in poli sci and then do um, telecommunications thinking I would be in politics or that I would be in TV. And, you know, right out the gate, I was in news. I've been in news for a long time. Mm. I've been creating TV shows, launching digital shows. I've worked in national news for about 10 years here well, in DC. So before yeah, well. I ever, ever did um, The Bachelor or tried out for the NFL, I was working at Fox News as my first job. And so I've, I've been in this world for a long time. Yeah. And so now I do speak to a lot of like culture issues. Cause now, you know, we, 10 years ago when I started doing this kind of stuff, we weren't facing the cultural challenges that we're facing now and with our music and with our children and with this confusion amongst our youth. So um, with my background, you know, as a cheerleader, because now the, cheer, the, the squad that I cheer for, the team no longer exists and the squad sure. no longer exists. Sure, sure. So it's just, you know, so now it's, it's a funny thing because I have a background in, in, in pop culture, but now I, but I also am just, you know, well-groomed in um, conservative media. So now I'm able to speak on where those worlds collide. And I think it's really important for people like you to do that. And I mentioned I have, I have two daughters. One is 13, and so she's starting to figure things out. Uh, my other daughter's 21. In fact, this afternoon, we're going to go and drop her off at Chapman University. She's uh, continuing her education there. But um, it's a very confusing world for a young woman in this culture. And thankfully, my daughter Maggie, uh, who's going to college, uh, she she loves Turning Point. She she knew you when I mentioned that you you were one of the folks we we're going to interview today, and and so she's plugged into the right place. But I think if people like you, with the background that you have, aren't saying the things that you're saying, then really women just conclude that I I have to do this. I have to think that abortion is okay. I have to uh, hold on to liberal values. I have to you know whatever. Culture calls the shots, and people like you are fighting against that. And uh, man, it's so important for you to do that. I, it's, I think it's so important, and and, it, and I can't imagine being, you know, ten years younger than I am, and being in this world where social media kind of dictates a lot of your beliefs, right. a lot of you know your actions, and it's such an impact on culture today. And the one thing I say to anyone who's who's younger than me, who's going through college and stuff, is to, to stick to the word. You stick to the word and nothing else matters. When your confidence comes to the word, you won't waver. And when you stick to those truths, you won't waver. And I was in myself in a, in a position of just massive amounts of people criticizing me, ridiculing me, praising me for the wrong reasons. 
And then when you get to this, this 15 minutes of fame that I had, it was like, do you want to stay here? And if, if you want to stay here, you have to do this. And those weren't things that aligned with my truth and the truth that what God wanted me to do. Yeah. And I was on a hyper level, really challenged um, about how I should act, what I should think, what I should post. And, and I realized one day and, and God just said, Hey, am I proud of you? Does that, it doesn't matter what mm -hmm. else thinks. It doesn't matter what your mom thinks or your friend or so people magazine or your Instagram followers. What do I say? Yeah. Am I, you know, are you making me proud? And when those are your standards, when your standards are his standards, then nothing else will waver. And I think that is just so important for people to like really, really grasp and understand just because everyone else supports a certain um, idea that is not an absolute truth doesn't mean you have to. And you have to know that, you know, not everyone's going to like you. You know, you might be the ripest, juiciest, most flavorful peach, but you're going to find someone who doesn't like peaches. Sure. And you have to know that. Yeah. Was there a catalyst um, for you to come to that place where that question came to you, you know, God asking, are you pleasing me? Was there a catalyst? Was there something that happened or was that something you grew into or matured into? Oh, that I, I thought that I was strong and it was unwavered until I never knew when I had like those three little 15 minutes that I had yeah. that I was going to get hammered like I had. Um, my entire world flipped upside down, my friendships, my friends, I lost some, gained some, and I had just a massive amount of pressure to post certain things, uh, participate in certain sure. things. And I've never been tempted like that and tempted to please everyone else. And you were never going to do that. And I was very stressed out, very overwhelmed. And I just prayed on it, prayed on it, prayed on it. And I said, okay, well, is he proud? Do I like who I am? Do I like the way that I look? Do yeah. I like the way that I dress and how I'm acting? Am I kind to other people? Am I loving other people? Am I serving them? Um, or am I serving the flesh and what other people are telling me and yeah. serving the world? And when God said to me, when you lay your head in the pillow at night, think about this. Are you, am I proud of you? Yeah. And that was the only thing that mattered. And that saved me from like a world of hurt. Because the next day I cut off every single media interview and I said, I'm done with it. I'm done with this life. I'm done with reality TV, I'm out. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I have other questions, but let me ask this question. Were there people in your life or are there people in your life that you've structure, structured around yourself now to um, protect you? from some of that, to help you work through some of that, to call you back to the center when you get pulled away? What are some of those structures that you put around yourself to keep you on track? Oh, I think having an army of just warriors that are like-minded, that are always feeding life into you are so important. Like I live in DC, it is a massive, massively toxic place. Yeah, sure. And I found it very, very difficult to find good friends. Like I have friends, but ones that speak life, that encourage right. me to do good things, that, you know, iron sharpens iron. But, and I found myself, myself just calling people who don't live here all the time to try to like keep me in balance because I can get fed and fed the wrong things all the time. And I have yeah. to know to like call on certain people that are just in the word that can like bring me back all the time. Yeah. It's just really having a good army of friends. Yeah. Do you depend on a church community at all? Is that something that is, uh, you know, valuable to you? I find a lot of value, a lot of value in the church community. However, um, during the shutdown and when a lot of these churches were challenged with these social issues, yes. I decided to part ways with my church. A lot of churches here I'm not super fond of, so 
I see the value in it. I think there's a value in, you know, camaraderie. There's a value in um, just sharpening each other and yep. coming together to help your community. Unfortunately, I don't, there's a lot, I have a lot of issues with, with churches here and I'm yeah. like in need of a new one. Yeah. So there's a lot of value in there. And it's accountability. I think it's a lot of accountability that you yeah. miss out on when you're watching stuff on a screen. Right. I mean, you don't yeah. need that. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that. Um, you know, I'm in California and so, um, a lot of churches, churches who have been very strong on a lot of things, decided to shut down over the last, uh, you know, two years or whatever. Um, the church that I attend actually has seen a lot of folks come because of exactly what you just said. I need to be with people. I need to be in that community. And it's really important that that I am in that place. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and I see people that struggle that need church. And right. I want, and I don't want to, like, put people on, you know, out there for other people. I don't want to show someone else's story, but I was bringing someone to church that was having a lot of issues. And I started to see them thriving, you know, and, and coming out of depression. Yeah. They were in a very dark place. And then suddenly they couldn't go anymore. Yeah. And I worry about that. What about the people you're hurting by not opening up? Yeah. Because those people, you know, they're not going to be ones to, they're still shy, you know, to pray with you, but yeah. they will go to church and sit there and absorb. Yeah. And I, and I feel so bad for those people. Yeah, that's good. And that's part of, you know, what you said earlier is, is putting the army of people around you. And uh, it's funny that the church should be the place where you find that army. And, and in a lot of ways, uh, I, I don't like to use the word church broadly I, in the universal sense, but local churches uh, in a lot of ways have, have made it difficult to do that. Um, so finding the right place. Um, as you speak on a lot of these issues and you're very clear um, very articulate. You know what you're trying to accomplish. What happens if people like you don't speak on issues like this? What's the consequence of uh, every young conservative woman saying it's just not worth the pushback or the blowback? It's not worth the pressure. I'm not going to do it. What's the consequence of conservatives uh, being silenced? Well, I think that in a, in, in a place where evil exists, it's because people are um, indifferent to to fight back against it. We see that all the time. Bad things happen when good things do, or sorry, bad things happen when good people do nothing. And I don't wanna be on that side where I did nothing. When I see kids being confused, when I see them being hurt, being hurt at schools, being divided, when I see, you know, we have racism, we have, you know, out in the streets, we have destruction. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to meet my maker one day and say mm. I did nothing. I don't want to tell my kids one day I did nothing to help. Right. Because we are called to help. We are called to engage, especially politically. And so now that I see all these culture things happen, I always want churches. Hey, you have to engage in your community. We have a million babies a year dying, yeah. and these church leaders need to step up and educate yeah. people so they can engage. We have, you know, we have curriculums going to schools right now that are dividing people and telling kids that some are oppressed and some are oppressors just by being a certain color. And we are teaching kids these things, but hey, these can all be changed if we are just actively participating, you know, in our political movements and speaking out. And the danger in that, the danger of not doing anything is that the evil wins and they right. want you to do nothing. Right. Yeah. Try to Try to silence your voice, try to shout you down and keep you from standing up. And it's funny on some of these issues, if you actually look into it, especially some of these gender issues, you look into the percentage of people and while it's growing due to culture that they're actually representing, you'd be surprised. There's not that many people who think they're trans. There's not that many people who are gay, but they are shouting louder. 
they are shouting louder. Their megaphone is bigger. So they, it, it sounds like the war is bigger than it actually is because they're the ones not being silent. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is MightyOaksPrograms.org. So so that goes to the next question is who benefits from blurring the lines in these gender issues and in particular uh, convincing young women that um, to stay at home, to raise a family, to care about life, uh, those are taking you in the wrong direction. The best thing that you can do is, you know, work a job and be out of the home 70 hours a week or whatever. Who, who wins? Who benefits from that? Why, why does this battle exist? Well, the left in feminism is selling a lie that women can't participate in society in meaningful ways and raise children. Right. But they don't question that with, with dads. And the real fight for women's rights that they should be fighting for is not to, the, the idea of, like, killing a baby's okay. They should be fighting for men to call on men to be good fathers and right. good husbands and sure. that's the real women rights that no one talks about and if you send it yourself about being a psalm 31 woman it says you know be a good mother you know be a good spouse all these things but also god has given you gifts and you have to be a steward to them so i had a good conversation with someone today like god's given me certain gifts that i love and my way to build the kingdom is to use my gifts through work to build really fighters platforms. Because I'm a communications person, I'm a publicist, and I see someone doing something good, and I yeah. want to raise their platform. And that that's what I do. Those are my gifts that yeah. God has given to me. That's me being a steward to them. So by not working for me would not would not be of benefiting course. the kingdom. It would not be fulfilling my duties that the, the Bible has called me to do. Yeah, it's fulfilling the role that God has given to you, whatever that is. Uh, I've been talking about this uh, I've had the opportunity to speak at my church the last couple of weeks and talking about the path that God puts us on is a path created for us and it's different for every person. And I think it's understanding what is it that God wants me to do and then pursuing him in that. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were to, and I'll make this the last question. (laughs) If you were to sit down with a young woman who's struggling, uh, she wants to do the right thing, comes from perhaps a conservative Christian home wants to do the right thing, is on the fence. I can go left, I can go right, I'm not sure what to do. Uh, What do you say to that young woman as she starts a life of probably difficulty and friction? I mean, I I can only tell with my testimony is that God saved my life and it is my honor and duty to serve Him. And so when I come to voting or anything like that, it is 
I'm not going to vote my values. I'm going to vote his values. That's great. And certainly, and, and, you know, and I, and I have been in politics for a long time. Um, it's not about a party. It's about the, the absolute truth and who is defending those absolute truths. Yeah. So this is, I mean, even when life is most literally on the line, only one party supports it. And I give this, I love this analogy of, of I'm not a one, when people say I'm not a one issue voter. Okay, you're not a one issue voter. But what if slavery was on the ballot? Right. Only one party was voting for slavery. What would you choose? It sounds like no matter what else on the ballot, you choose anti-slavery. And the same thing for life. For li life from womb to tomb and everything in between. There are some people fighting for that. And you should have to look around at what's happening in our universities and to our children, the sexual perversion, the lies, the diversity, and know this can be changed. You have to speak, you have to act okay. and vote his ways, not your ways, not culture's ways, yeah. his ways, yeah. because everything else is a lie. And that's what causes confusion and corruption. And I mean, a lot of problems going on. We are living in a confused world. That's right. And we have the like, anchor of faith in the word of God if, if we'll, Hang on to those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, man, Jillian, where can people follow you, learn more about you, get excited about things you're excited about? Uh, where do you want people to go? Um, I guess I'm most obnoxious on Twitter, which is uh, <laughs> Jillian underscore Alexis. And I post a lot about my nieces and nephews on Instagram. I'm not too fun on there. And that's the same thing but without the underscore Jillian Alexis. Very good. Uh, well, Jillian, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully we can talk again. And um, I know we've, we've talked to a couple of the folks that you work with um, even today. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for standing up and having a strong voice and doing very, very important work. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for being a good father to your daughters. That's like incredibly important. I work with so many fatherless mm -hmm. kids and in adults who have, who have felt what happens when they don't have a father. Yeah. So that's so important. And good luck to your daughter in college. She needs a lot of help, but she, she's there. <laughs> she needs a lot of help. Uh, she's pretty strong. Um, she spends a lot of time uh, watching Turning Point and, uh, you know, a lot of the others as well, following you and others like you. So uh, I think she's on the right track, but we'll see. But thank you for that. I appreciate That's awesome. it. That's awesome. Well, good to talk to you today. I am always extremely encouraged to speak with folks who are willing to say things that are unpopular. Uh, just because culture is saying something is true does not make it true. In fact, as Jillian mentioned, there are loud voices that represent often very small groups of people, and yet they're so loud, we believe that's what most people think. I'm grateful for Jillian and for her willingness to stand up and speak truth, and to speak it clearly, and to speak it unapologetically. Some great things were said in this interview, of course, and hopefully we'll have the opportunity even to come back to some of these issues later on. But a couple of things I wanted to point out to you in today's situation report. Number one, a point made very clearly from the beginning of our conversation, the standard cannot be culture. When we speak and when we act the way that we think, those all must fall under the standard of God. What is God's plan? What is God's desire for us? That must trump everything else. That needs to be the guide. I'm thankful that that point was made because that is the one thing that does not change. As culture changes and shifts, the one thing that will not is God, who He is, and what He desires for us. What a tremendous point. The second point that was made, there were many, but a second point that really stood out to me is this one. When we look at our lives... We need to ask the question, what is it that God wants me to do? 
We know that God, the creator, has created each of us with different desires, with different skills, with different opportunities, and that God wants each of us to walk the path that he has set before us. As believers in God, as those who would follow his plan and will for our lives, we need to ask the question, what does God want me to do and what impact does he want me to leave on this world? If we'll do that, we'll move in the right direction, even though the world around us may be difficult and confusing. Finally, again, a point that was made so well is that if we don't stand up and use the voice that God has given to us, use the opportunities and the skills that God has given to us, if we don't stand up and speak, then evil will prevail. The best tool that you have against evil is the life that you've been given, the story that you've lived, and the voice that you have to communicate truth. Use it well, and you will defeat, with other voices, the evil around you. I'm thankful for Jillian. I'm thankful for the work that she's doing. I hope that you'll go and check out uh, her content and see what she is up to. Many of the organizations that she represents as well are also standing in the gap for truth and freedom and uh, grateful for them. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for joining us in this discussion. Look forward to talking to you next week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.